Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose, and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. Do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with inefficiency? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails
fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. You don't connect the dots, just the mass of what's all this about. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to reach out to the broadcast, to me directly, rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. Those are the emails. Find the Secret Teachings Monday through Friday airing on groundzero.radio and then in the free archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you're a subscriber for the ad-free show on our website, you get early access to the show, montages, and digital copies of all of my books as part of your subscription. Otherwise, you can go to aftermath.media, sign up for The Secret Teachings, and Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. You can get both shows on demand at aftermath.media, advertisement free. That's aftermath.media. Last but not least, TST. On Twitter, TST3 underscores radio, and on Facebook at The Secret Teachings, or just my name, Ryan Daniel Gable. Last week on the show, of 14 years of radio, we did a full episode about the subject of Bigfoot. And we had a guest on the show last week. We discussed the paranormal aspects of Bigfoot and a lot of other different ideas and theories. And I did not know how much Bigfoot related to some of the things that I have focused on pretty intensely in my radio career and my authorship of books. I found that Bigfoot, at least in my assessment, has a lot of similarities between the legends of fairies and the stories of UFOs, from electrical disturbances to dreamlike encounters to Impressions that don't seem to necessarily make sense or impressions that seem like they've been made by something very real, although the creature might be something more than real. We relate this to fairy circles, relate this to fairy lights and circular UFOs and identified objects that seem to be etheric but also leave impressions in the ground. There seems to be a relationship between all of these things. So in doing my uh, guest prodding to find a couple of guests for the Bigfoot show last week, I came across a handful of folks, and we had a guest on the show last week about Bigfoot, and tonight we also have a Bigfoot show planned for you, or at least at least in the first hour, a Bigfoot show planned for you. We'll be talking about the documentary, A Flash of Beauty. It's a really interesting documentary. I had a chance to watch it uh, yesterday, Flash of Be- a Beauty, put together. Uh, by a couple of folks we have on the show tonight. We have uh, the uh, producers, the folks that made the documentary. It's uh, it's a little different than some Bigfoot documentaries I've watched, and it's kind of along the lines of something that I think is the more, uh, I think a more healthy approach to the subject of not just Bigfoot, but any kind of paranormal subject matter. So without me telling you about the documentary, we're going to get the, the folks that made the documentary on. We have Tobe Johnson and we have Brett Eichenberger, I believe I pronounced that name correctly, award-winning filmmaker, uh, 25 years of experience working in film and video 
Tobe Johnson is the author of the Al Moon Lab books and a researcher of all things related to Bigfoot. I'd like to welcome Tobe and Brett to The Secret Teachings. Tobe, we'll start with you. Thank you for joining us on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. Well, good morning here, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm looking forward to speaking with you about your Bigfoot research. Uh, Brett, what about you? Welcome to The Secret Teachings. You've been on this for a long time, have you not? Yes, yes. Thank you for having us today, Ryan. Yeah, I've been doing this for, for quite some time, and I've kind of, throughout my career, I've kind of done it all. Um, but this is really where my passion is, um, telling these kinds of stories that are in the realm of the mysterious. Now, for both of you, I don't know who wants to take the, the mic first. We can we can go toe Brett, toe Brett back and forth. But I'm wondering how you both feel about, let's say, the collective of Bigfoot research. Are, are there some things in Bigfoot, let's call it Bigfoot research, Bigfoot research that just kind of irritates you that seem like they're going in the wrong direction. Cause I, and I'm asking that because a lot of people that I talk to about this subject, they kind of, they kind of put everything Bigfoot into the same category. And I think that Bigfoot research comes in a lot of forms and some is much more, I think, relevant than, than other forms. But what do you think of the current state of research into this subject? Let's start with you, Tobe. Well, Ryan, it's a, uh... It's a sticky wicket as far as having friends in this community. Um, your audience may not know, but it's a rather small community. But it's growing larger and larger. And part of the issue and part of the problem for these people that, you know, I call apers, the people that think that we're looking at a relic hominid or some missing link, is that this is being overlapped with this other paranormal conundrum, especially in the world of the poltergeist and the UAP phenomena, and we get this constant overlap of these witnesses telling us per, pretty much the condensed version of their sighting uh, event. And then several minutes later, after the microphones and the cameras are turned off, then they start telling you the rest of the story. And the, these stories are pretty remarkable, uh, and they seem to you know, have merit to them based upon my own incident and Brett's uh, also an experience experiencer now. So, um, yeah, there, there is the, there are these two camps, but this movie is getting a lot of love from both of these communities here in a way that I think is encouraging that we're moving this dialogue into a different direction. Now, what about you, Brett? Yeah, I, it's, it's very interesting for me because I haven't really been embedded in the Bigfoot community so much. Um, I've, and I haven't exactly been on the outside looking in either. I mean, this is, I had a chance to kind of get my feet wet, you know, over 10 years ago. Um, and I, I was able to meet some of the heavy hitters like Peter Byrne, Todd Neese, Ron Moorhead pretty quickly into the game. Um, and it was, you know, during this time that I started to find out about the paranormal and started to find out about the division in this group like Tobe was talking about. And I think ultimately what we would like to see is we would like to see a cohesive collaboration where we're all on the same page talking about the data that's being gathered. And what's irritating to me is the politics and having, you know, had the opportunity to work for the federal government for a few years and dealing with that red tape, that politics, I just didn't see anything getting done then. And I don't, and, and, and it's like, we need to move the needle forward if we're going to advance this conversation. And, 
you know, and I understand where the apers are coming from. I, you know, I, I really do. I don't want to, I don't think any of us want to push science to the side. That's the last thing we want to do. But ultimately, we're searching for the truth. And the truth is the truth. And we need to be honest about what's happening. You know, just as an example, I had a um, I had a conversation with someone that was in our first film, which was more ape centric, aper centric. And, you know, I was talking to this gentleman last night and he was telling me, he said, oh, and by the way, you know, I went back to that area and I had another experience, but I, I can't talk about it. I won't talk about it. There's only three other people that know about it. And I said, well, you're, you know, you're really piquing my interest. I'm, I'm not going to say anything. You know, could you relay the story? He says, no, I'm not ready to. So, you know, it's just like Tobe talks about, you know, a few minutes after the interview and the camera shut down. We're getting this paranormal side of things, yet at the same time, you know, the serious quote unquote APER researchers are tossing this data out and it needs to stop. We need to have a, like I said, a cohesive, collaborative conversation. That's interesting you say that because I just got finished reading one of my favorite books. I've read it uh, now more than once. It's called Passport to Magonia. I don't know if you guys are familiar mm -hmm. with it. It's by Jacques mm -hmm. Vallée. He documents, and he's actually saying something very similar to what you just said, Brett, about the ufological community and about how UFOs and UFO sightings and abductions and all of this is very similar, if not in some cases totally identical, to the old fairy legends. And he talks about, you know, the kidnappings, little green men, uh, implants, the, 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 the magical powers that UFOs seem to bestow on certain people, healing powers, which also relate to apparitions and, and angelic visions and things like that. And he talks about how in UFOs, UFO community uh, uh, discussions and, and research, a lot of people won't share those other uh, parts of their stories because they realize maybe subconsciously, perhaps, is his argument. I, I, there's a lot of details to this that are unimportant but that they don't want to discuss this because it goes beyond the realm of what is accepted within ufology. And I'm guessing based on what you're, what you're saying, Brett, this is the same thing within Bigfoot research is that people don't want to go beyond the physical components of Bigfoot into the paranormal, or perhaps maybe people go too far into the paranormal and don't acknowledge that there could be physical aspects to it too. So my point is, my point is within whether it's UFOs or within the subject of Bigfoot, what seems to be happening is we have these paradigms where you're either believing in something outright or you're rejecting it outright. And we need to be able to step outside the box to examine this from a, from a 360 degree, 30,000 foot view, because this kind of encompassing encompasses both the physical and the spiritual. We need a new way to look at these kinds of subjects. Would you agree with that? 100%. You nailed it, Ryan. A hundred percent. Um, and Jacques, you know, Valet, obviously, I've got a tremendous amount of respect for it. But, you know, what it really comes down to is fear of ridicule. Um, you know, I think that that especially folks that are funded, you know, um, to do this research, I think they're afraid to, you know, they're afraid they might lose their funding. They're afraid that, you know, people might say, well, well now you're a hypocrite, so on and so forth. And and I, I get all of that. I completely get all of that. And. You know, as a filmmaker, you know, we put ourselves out there and believe me, you, we've we've gotten ridicule. But at the same time, um, you know, that's just part of the process. That's that's what happens. You know, when you're doing something and you're and you're you're telling you're telling a story, you're you've got a narrative that doesn't really fit the. 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The popular... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, like the popularly accepted opinion within the paradigm of whatever you're doing. Nailed it. Yeah. I mean, exactly. When you're, when you're saying these types of things, you're setting yourself up for ridicule. But that's, again, that's how you move the needle forward. That's how you move the conversation forward. Sure. And, and, and I think that it takes um, voices, you know, like Ron Moorhead, um, somebody who is very well respected on, on both sides of the division, to, um, to really get that conversation going. You know, because we all know what Ron Moorhead has experienced. Most of us do anyways. And, and he's a firm believer in this paranormal spiritual side. So, Tobe, this is what we just got Brett's opinion on this and based mm-hmm. on what I said. But, Tobe, what's the what's your opinion on this? And is this basically what the you know, your guys's work is about? This is what the documentary is about, trying to bring kind of a new angle to the Bigfoot subject. Yeah. And I want to bounce off um, what Brett was just talking about regarding the ridicule factor, because it's 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 ridicule and it's complicated. This issue is multi-layered too, right? We talk about the trauma that exists inside of a person's brain due to these hidden events, very similar to PTSD. It is a form of PTSD, but it goes beyond that because now we're talking about something that has real world consequences that we shun and we shun in ourselves. And that's believing in something that doesn't exist. And this is like the ultimate red pill. In your bumper intro here, you played a lot of red pill moments. David Icke, right? Like big fan, obviously. King of the red pills, right? Turns out he's right about a lot of this stuff. But the world has not caught up with this yet. So the ridicule of seeing like an undocumented creature, like a Tasmanian tiger or you know a giant squid, something of that nature. You can talk about UFOs. You can talk about ghosts. But the minute you start to say, Anything about this phenomena, um, it's a different kind of ridicule because it has been so commercially bastardized. And we, we, we don't even have a really cool name for the phenomenon. We hardly ever even call it Sasquatch. We call it Bigfoot, and it just sounds ridiculous. But there's this supernatural component to what these things are and what they do to you because this phenomena will come to your house. It won't just exist at the tree line. This gets into the hitchhiker effect real quick. And so it's uh, it's way more powerful than we could have put in one film. And, you know, there may need to be a, like a flash of beauty three here to get to, to the meat of what we're trying to say in part two. I want to get into the specifics of the documentary before we do that, though. I wanted to point out for anybody who doesn't know in relation to what you're saying about the difference between Bigfoot and Sasquatch. 
is that all around the world, most people have heard of the Yeti, but you have the Yowie, you have Skunk Ape in Florida, you have the Yaren, uh, you have the Captar. Even in Japan, they have the Hibagon. Like this is something that is seen, and maybe in some cases misidentified as something else, but this is something that's seen everywhere in the world, even in isolated places like Japan, which has been closed off to most of the world up until relatively recently, the last few hundred years, they have their own version of, of Sasquatch there. This is a global phenomenon. This isn't something confined to the Pacific Northwest or the, or the mountains of Russia. <clears throat> correct or incorrect? Uh, 100% correct. Uh, I think Hawaii may be the only uh, state uh, that doesn't have uh, sightings, and they probably do as well. They got the little guys called the mini Huni, But, yeah, everywhere you go, and right, like I think, over 600 different First Nations tribes spread out around the world have different varying names for, for Sasquatch. It's, uh, you know, it's something that uh, has been talked about by the Native mm. Americans ad nauseum that these creatures exist. They're physical. We represent them in our totem poles in the most respectful spot, which is the base. But yet they are a tribe that exists between two worlds after, you know, before they're dead, we do it after these things can do it before. I like this in the documentary to get into the documentary here a little bit in the documentary. I think it was maybe a half hour in roughly you had a lady on talking about the Bible and talking about mythology and referencing some things about this creature that we've had in, in, in legends and lore for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And I got to be honest with you, cause I've never done a lot of Bigfoot research I never thought about that before, and I thought that was an interesting part of the documentary. Yeah, that's um, that's Sonia Zohar, and she's an expert in this history, as you can tell in the documentary. And it is important to note that this does go back thousands of years. Um, you know, there 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 isn't a time in human history that these creatures didn't really exist in some way, shape, or form. Um, and then we kind of drop a bomb, um, at the end of that sequence and, you know, spoiler alert, show a painting that is in, um, you know, Michelangelo painted in the Sistine Chapel of two humanoid looking apes hiding in a cave and nobody's talking about it yet. Here it is in one of the most famous structures on the planet, right in front of our face you know, I mean, these aren't monkeys. These aren't gorillas. These are very clearly suppressed, hairy humanoids. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, this this phenomenon has been right underneath our nose. And I think that what's happening is very similar to what's been going on with the UFO phenomenon is that someone is pushing this narrative under the carpet. Someone doesn't want us to know that these things exist and that these things may in fact be our cousins or our brothers living in the wilderness. Yeah. I kind of talked last week with, uh, I don't know if you guys have a opinion on him or not. It doesn't really matter, but I talked with Mike Patterson last week and we discussed that <laughs> idea of maybe say that the suppression of this kind of research. And I asked why, and we kind of got into the idea that maybe based on what the theories are about Bigfoot. And I think some of that relates to your guys's documentary that maybe it's about the nature of reality. It's about the nature of how we perceive reality. And it goes it goes beyond the the standard like military industrial complex, suppression of technology, oil companies, energy, UFOs. We're talking about the nature of reality and, and, and stuff that goes beyond the, the the economic elements of this. 
Um, do you think that that maybe is a reason we're talking about the nature of reality? One of the reasons that if there is any kind of suppression, I don't think it's necessarily some big conspiracy per se, but there's any kind of suppression of this, even in the public opinion, because it has to do with the nature of reality. I'm assuming that's kind of maybe what your guys are thinking anyway, based on the documentary, but uh, Tobe, go ahead. Well, I think it's a two part answer. These are obviously guesses here. We talk a little bit uh, with an insider in our first documentary that goes by the name of Kyle and talks about the, uh, the military response to dealing with uh, the issue here. And so if that's true, then there's, um, you know, knowledge in a data set here. And they're not including us in the data set, or at least not coming to to people like myself and asking questions. There may be people on our documentary in the future that uh, can talk and express what they know more succinctly that have government involvement on the record. But, you know, obviously the the forests are a protected area they're a uh, you know finite resource uh there's a lot of forest actually out here that people don't know exists you fly uh, alaska airlines over the pacific northwest you'll be shocked at how much uh, untreaded wilderness actually exists and of course you know that's a, f- a finite resource still but they 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 may want to protect that to a degree that they don't want to expose that because of the fact that they have to do something about it um, and we've been told as such, too, along the years. But then there's this other thing, the conscious-based life form that has seemingly, let's just call it magic abilities, right? Because this is an an alien in nature subject matter to a degree that we can't just classify it as just being a missing link or uh, purely biological. Something else is happening here. And that has to be part of the the, the issue here. I mean... People at uh, Harry Reid at Skinwalker Ranch was investing millions of dollars with uh, Bigelow to look at the phenomena there uh, outside of Vernal, Utah. And part of the data set of what happened there, if you were to believe the the Skinwalkers at the Pentagon and believe secrets at Skinwalker Ranch, is that they had a Bigfoot issue. Now, they didn't call it a Bigfoot issue, but it did describe a moment where they saw a humanoid I believe a large hairy humanoid come out of like a burning orange portal over the Mesa. I don't really know what else to call that in my mind's eye other than a Sasquatch issue. So there's smoke and fire here, but no one's really asking the questions because it's not cool to talk about Bigfoot yet in the mainstream. It's it's cool now to talk about UFOs. You can do it without the X-Files music playing in the background. But we're just not quite. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. There yet. And, you know, this film is really just the leading edge science with the likes of um, Dr. Simeon Hine, who's really the anchor behind the cutting edge science of understanding how they may do what they do. You know, interesting what you're talking about just reminded me of something totally unrelated. And I don't know if either of you remember, there was a story in 2019 about a young boy. His name was Casey Hathaway and he went missing from the backyard. I think it was his grandma's backyard 
And they found him three days later in the woods and he was kind of tangled up in this, this vine, this bush. And it was just right off the property from where he went missing. And it was raining. And I think they found him. He was basically, he was in this bush. And it was a lot of water around him. They had to trek through water to get to him. And he was totally fine. He was a young kid, totally fine after the fact, gone for three days. And he said that when he was, you know, when he disappeared, when he, where he was, he said that a friendly, this big friendly bear took care of him. And I thought it was such an interesting story, mainline news, because one, it sounds like the old fairy stories where you disappear out of places, a lot of cases like on trails and national parks, the work of David Polides. And you have this creature in the story, a big friendly bear that takes care of this kid. That's how the kid described it. I don't know if you guys are familiar with any or that story or any other story like it, but it has that feel to it that, again, relates to all of these other paranormal things. And again, when I first started to look at Bigfoot, I, I, I didn't realize how closely related Bigfoot is to all these other things that get a lot more respect. And Bigfoot seems to be at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to all of this, these discussions. I, I just wonder, why do you guys think that is? Why do you think Bigfoot seems to be? This is my opinion. He seems to be or she seems to be. It seems to be like the most laughable kind of dismissed subject within para, paranormal research. You have an opinion on that? You, want that you know, one, um, yeah. So it's it's very funny that you bring up that story about um, that little boy because I actually asked David what he thought in person, and uh, he kind of looked at me and said, "Well, what do you think?" <laughs> that was his response, and what I think was it was Bigfoot, one hundred percent Bigfoot, and I heard this very similar story. Um, just not more than a week ago. And I can't remember where I heard it or read it, but the child had the same response. And this was a different part of the country. Same kind of thing where a Bigfoot came to its aid. We've heard other stories from other people that, that were very similar to where, you know, a child was endangered. Um, you know, Tobin, I just heard one from a native woman in Yakima who had had a similar <clears throat> situation. Is that Idaho? Uh, Yakima, Washington. Oh, Washington. I'm sorry, Washington. Okay, go yeah. Ahead. And, you know, she, in this particular instance, um, she was given medicine, plant medicine, um, you know, after some bee stings and whatnot, she was knocked unconscious and saved. Um, so, you know, I guess the bigger question, like you were saying is, is why isn't it cool yet? Um, you know, I pose that same kind of question to Eric Bard chief scientist at Skinwalker Ranch and he's in our documentary and and you know I pulled him aside to ask him if he'd be willing to do an interview for this film and he said you know I I gotta be honest with you I don't have a lot of time and I'm not really all that interested in Bigfoot he's like I've never thought of Bigfoot as being anything other than some sort of a cartoonish you know lumbering you know goofy giant mythological giant that kind of you know runs through the forest and I said, but wait, I said, Bigfoot ties into everything that you're doing on the ranch, all of the research you're doing. And so that caught his attention. And so we pulled him aside to do an interview. It was just Joel and I, the producer. And um, he says, I've got 15 minutes. It's like nine o'clock at night. So I showed him the cloaking video that we feature in our film. And I immediately had his attention. And you can see his authentic reaction in the film. And we were there for three hours because he finally realized that there was something going on here that did mirror 
what they were experiencing on the ranch and that there is something going on here. And he even proposes the idea that it could be an avatar for something even more significant. And that's the idea here is that, you know, and I've used this analogy before, but I feel like, you know, if the paranormal were a skyscraper, then Bigfoot would be the doorman. And I feel like they are a huge key to unlocking some of these paranormal mysteries that involve everything from ghosts to UAPs to aliens to interdimensional beings to after the afterlife and who we are as, as spiritual beings. Yeah, that's that's how I would likewise approach the subject now that I've gotten into it a little bit more. You're just joining us. We have Tobe Johnson and we have Brett Eichenberger. They put together this really interesting documentary about Bigfoot. Uh, really quick, can you guys tell us, or Brett, real quick before we go to Tobe, uh, the documentary is called Flash of Beauty. This is part two, the one that I think I was sent to watch, but you have a part one as well. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct, Ryan. So the first film is called A Flash of Beauty, Bigfoot Revealed. Both of these movies are available to rent and or purchase on Amazon.com. We also have a YouTube page full of interviews um, and special features. The film that we're talking about today, A Flash of Beauty, Paranormal Bigfoot, um, exists because we just couldn't fit everything all into one film. And I feel like this this was actually a good thing because... You know, both we we really needed to lay the groundwork of the physical presence of Bigfoot, and that's what we do in a flash of beauty. Bigfoot revealed is you know, I mean, these things are you know, yeah, they they have paranormal attributes and abilities, and they might transcend dimensions, space and time, but they do have a biological factor to them. I mean, you know, I, there's a lot of evidence, copious amounts of evidence that these things eat. And they get rid of their waste and they build shelters and they do, you know, normal biological things. But at the same time, they also do abnormal or paranormal things. Um, And so we wanted to establish that. Uh, We also wanted to get into some of the riddles as to why it's hard to take photos of them. Um, Why nobody's found a body yet. Um, You know, some of these other attributes, some of these other things that, you know, people are constantly asking about. Um, so we could establish that baseline and then, you know, really get into the nitty gritty in the sequel. And again, you know, we want to base a lot of this in science. And so we brought in Dr. Simeon Hine, who, like Tobe said, has got some cutting edge theories to kind of start theorizing, you know, with some pretty interesting hypothesis as to why Bigfoot's able to do the things that he's able to do. And in the grand scheme of things, what Dr. Simeon Hine has to say makes a lot of sense. And he even demonstrates that, you know, defense contractors are patenting some of the same technology. So, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to cover it all in just two films. And like Tobe said earlier, you know, there's, there's going to need to be some more um, because this is just ever changing every day. And, and Tobe, if you have comments or anything Brett said, please, please go ahead. Well, Brett, can we say the name of the the source at Skinwalker Ranch that said the science was right? Because we've never really said his name, but it connects our argument beautifully, I think. If that's true, if the science that S- Simeon's talking about, the experiences that everyone in the film is explaining, witness testimony, 
Um, I, I think it's important. Can we say his name? I don't see why not. Yeah. Okay. So it was it was Jay Stratton, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Which you know is Jay Stratton was basically the building blocks of transparency uh, as far as the UAP issue coming up at all, from what I understand, and that was only recently divulged in the last twelve months by George Knapp, correct? I be- yes, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, obviously, if anybody gets a chance to hang around with the minds of Eric Bard or Jay Stratton, they can do it at these conferences, uh, in particular, the one in Vernal, Utah, I suggest people go to because um, people are that gather at these conferences. This is why Zoom and virtual meetups just doesn't have the strength that an actual in-person conference has is because this is where the phenomena and the synchronicities all come together. And it's almost like you know these people in general already, and you, you have a, an opportunity to build up on your case file of how this all works. And, you know, a moment like Jay Stratton coming up to us in the parking lot saying something like that. Um, actually, I think he told you sometime later. But, uh, yeah, it's it really is, um, you know, nowadays especially, it's important to talk about these mysteries and these mystery schools and um, – you know, Jacques Vallée isn't going to be around forever. We're not all going to be around forever. We have to ha- have these stories told. Um, and an interesting st- statement about oral tradition and stories is that, uh, you know, sometimes people think that stories and oral traditions don't have that much mm-hmm. weight to them, but they really do. Uh, they they have their own unique power as far as holding the history tight. And sometimes the written word is superseded by these oral tradition stories because you have that emotional connection. I, I would agree with that. I've, I've made the argument for a very long time that mythology itself, although it is not necessarily literal mythology, has always been uh, a form of science, a way to qu- catalog and quantify the natural world and how to how try to understand why things happen the way that they do. And it preserves uh, ideas, traditions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that otherwise we might not have if we just wrote things down in a very stale, uninteresting way. Uh, so mythology and legends and folklore and urban, urban legends, all these different things, wherever they come from, whatever you call them, uh, they do preserve kernels of, let's say, the truth, for lack of a better word. And considering all the stuff that was talked about in, in the documentary that uh, the, the Flash of Beauty, the second one I watched, um, there, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there you're talking about. Uh, biblical references and talking about mythologies and things about Bigfoot that uh, you don't really get brought up in a lot of the standard conversations about what is essentially a, a cartoonish figure that you see as a as a sticker on the back of every car in Portland or the, the little uh, air freshener in every <laughs> every uh, every Subaru that you see on the street in Oregon or Washington. It's kind of just like a, a kind of a comical joke, but there's a very very serious base of research to this subject as as you folks and others are pointing out. So. Anyway, with the time we have left here, because you're only with us for an hour, Flash of Beauty's the documentary, part one, part two. Uh, maybe we can, you guys can give me your opinion on what, what do you think the best, if evidence is the right word, the best evidence presented in the documentary, or the best questions that maybe we could kind of talk a little bit about here on the show tonight? That's a great question, Brian. Um, to me, the best evidence in the film is Barb Shoup's incredible footage of something cloaked and um you know with my 25 years in fact more of video experience 
you know, it was important for me to really try and debunk that footage prior to including it in the documentary. Um, and I've got, you know, I'm not, I'm not by no means am I a visual effects wizard like what you would see in a Marvel film, but I have a very good understanding of the fundamentals of what it would take to fake something like that. I also have a good, very good understanding of the fundamentals of light and how it works. Um, you know, not only have I been an editor that long, but I've also been a cinematographer that long as well. And so, you know, I understand video codecs. I understand the technical aspects of what it would take, how much money it would take, uh, the expertise that it would take to fake something like that. This video, in my opinion, my professional opinion, is equivalent to the Patterson-Gimlin film as far as paranormal Bigfoot is concerned. And um, I think it's in a lot of ways a smoking gun. And in a lot of ways, too, I think it's more definitive in, than the Patterson-Gimlin film simply because um, when you really break down what you're seeing in that video, it's a humanoid shape. It's clearly reacting emotionally to something. It's, re it's essentially reacting to being seen. So we know that there's an intelligence there. And we can see it drop down, turn around, and run away. Um, and I believe, based on the behavior, that it's most likely a juvenile. Um, because it kind of acts like a little kid. And what's so fascinating to me is that Barb Shoup, with her naked eye, saw something black. And the camera recorded something cloaked. And when I say cloaked, it looks just like something you'd seen in a Predator film. And that's exactly how everybody describes it. And that's exactly how eyewitnesses describe the phenomenon. So this video footage, you know, I, I, I played it over and over and over again because I wanted it. I wanted people to really, really see what was captured on camera. Because I think it's vitally important, and I think as time goes on and the research continues, people are going to really realize the significance of what she has captured on camera. And what about you, Tobe? What do you? I mean, you have comments on that, thoughts on that, or do you have your own, you know, thing from the documentary that you think is a is a really good piece of evidence or a good argument? Well, it's really the totality of the witnesses that came together here. You know, it really feels like everybody involved in this documentary, um, you know, serves a purpose to tell the overall story that this issue is so complicated and uh, and multi-layered. Uh, certainly Barb Shoup's video, knowing Barb uh, like we do and how that footage was captured uh, with other witnesses present, too. And, you know, but let's dig back to what Brett was talking about, what the footage shows, right? Like uh, an interesting question here about what she saw, which was this predator type image, right? Uh, slinking through the, the background, not the foreground of the forest debris. And we get this name predator associated with this phenomena all the time because that's what it looks like. It looks like a bending of light to, to make the outline of a, of a figure and looking back at cinema you have to wonder like how did a film like predator get it right who <laughs> judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who was on this, the screenwriting um, team to come up with this concept here? Uh, how was it argued over the, what the, pre- the predator could do? I was and, thinking the same thing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, this is what we have to get. These are the deeper. We don't even really know the right questions to ask. But one of the questions I ask is, are we being, being given a bill of goods for a different purpose to skew issues? And I say, yes, I say, absolutely. The CIA has already talked about the fact that they've sent screenwriters in to muddy the waters in fact that diana posoka on joe rogan was talking about going to a ufo crash site and being told by uh, a guy in space force that she may recognize this desert floor from an episode of x-files that they had chris carter had people on the team right and she's certainly to be believed oh Um, you, you you guys know the robertson panel report uh from 1952 1953 you ever heard of that I think so. Yeah, is that where they're sitting before Congress or Senate and they're asking questions directly and they deny, deny, deny? No, no, no. This was uh, this was 1953. It was a mixture of scientists and a mixture of military personnel. And I won't go into extreme details. I could send you a copy of it. It's declassified now. It was basically the military and the intelligence community saying, look, the UFO phenomenon is is real. We've tracked it. We don't know what it is. We don't want to really admit we don't know what it is. So we want to use they mentioned Disney. Uh, they mentioned war propaganda film companies using those companies to make basically propaganda and uh, mainline movies that would convince people that the thing was all just a big mm-hmm. joke um, mm-hmm. while also maintaining that they would infiltrate UFO research groups. And we could say the mm-hmm. same thing about Bigfoot. Uh, in order to both spread disinfo and to see what those groups were discussing, because they might be onto something the government is missing. And I think that if Bigfoot is in any way, shape or form related to these other phenomena, then I wouldn't put it past based on that history and that documentation that there certainly are elements of government that are very interested in the Bigfoot subject. Maybe that's because of cloaking. Maybe it's something else, but that they definitely have a, a hand in stirring that pot. Well, certainly the government has interest in cloaking and they've had an interest in it since I believe like the early seventies through a, a mineral uh, I think it's element 37 on the periodic table called rubidium, which if the story is true from a researcher out here in Washington, rubidium seems to be um, tied 
to Sasquatch areas as far as this minerals uh, being found in squatchy areas. So, you know, rubidium is tied to cloaking tech photo cells and, and that thing. The government's had a, a long interest in studying it. It's, uh, you know, irradiated uh, mineral. You can't be around it very long. So there's, you know, there's a lot of little rabbit holes that we can dive down into about the government's overall interest. But really, you know, the first 15 minutes, it's you talked about the conscious based element of what we're looking at here. And I think that's that's bingo. Number one is that uh, they just can't control us if we find out that we're somehow empowered more to have possibly our own type of abilities like these beings can with forgotten knowledge something that nature. Brett, your thoughts? Yeah, I think that, you know, from what I've heard from folks that I've talked to, and this could be wrong, but I'm just going to say it, is what the government's really interested is in anti-gravity. And the reason behind that is because anti-gravity works by warping space and time. And Bigfoot, you know, Dr. Simeon Hine talks about this. I can't tell you how many hundreds of reports I've heard where People say that it looks like Bigfoot is not only running and moving way faster than it should, but it also looks like it's on ice skates um, and gliding, you know, are some of the words that people use. And there's some evidence there that this could be anti-gravity. Um, they could be using some sort of uh, biotechnology or something. Maybe it occurs naturally within them um, to give them that sort of anti-gravity thing. <laughs> you know, movement. Um, and that also would correlate to them, you know, disappearing, going through pores. I think, it, I think it kind of is the key that unlocks so many different technologies, which obviously for, you know, defense purposes can do a lot of good. You know, if we have, if the U S government has that technology, then we're unstoppable. Um, and this this opens a gigantic can of worms. I mean, you get into everything from the missing Malaysian flight to, you know, again, UFOs and top secret spacecraft and so on and so forth. So I think that, you know, I mean, there certainly is an interest. Um, and it's like Rich Germeau says in the first film, The Flash of Beauty, Bigfoot Revealed, if there is – hominoid out there that has these characteristics and the government absolutely positively 100% knows about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let, let's, let's look again for time's sake, uh, other elements of the documentary that you'd like to talk about, not necessarily the best mm -hmm. evidence, but what, what most surprised you making the, both of these documentaries? Did you learn new things about the subject that you didn't think of before? And do you have any ideas of, um, you know, maybe, specific things that you'd like to share with the audience we could discuss for a moment. Uh, we'll start with Tobe. Well, I would think um, our interview with um, Doug Meacham, who's a hypnotherapist out of Gresham, Oregon. Uh, Doug works uh, with hypnotherapy, regressing people so they can have better habits in life. Um, but he also works with people that have these hidden events where they can't remember certain details, but feel like they need to in order to work through the trauma and him expressing and, and teaching the audience on how hypnotherapy really works. In fact, I think it's deep hypnotherapy that he actually works on, which is a special form of hypnotherapy. And this deeper uh, hypnotherapy brings people to the ability where 
Doug is able to fast forward, rewind, zoom in, zoom out, and get very specific information, um, like the ultimate big brother, and without these leading edge questions to skew what the f- actual facts are there. So that to me was just endlessly fascinating to the point where, you know, I would, I would make an appointment with the guy to, to work through some of these issues that, that we have about what happened to us. So uh, I just urge everybody to see part one first, go into part two and, uh, and share it with a friend, especially uh, some of this more interesting stuff. What about you, Brett? Yeah, and I just just along some of those same lines, you know, I think this is the first Bigfoot documentary to interview a clinical psychologist uh, who is Yale educated and was not shy to talk about this phenomenon. Dr. Michael Adams gets into the post-traumatic stress disorder um, attributes related to some of these eyewitnesses. And that was one of the very first things I knew that I needed to do include in this documentary, because to me, it's it's exceptionally important because these people are forever changed by these experiences. And, you know, there's a bigger picture here where we really need to talk about the human component and how the psychology, how, how someone's brain is changed, fundamentally changed. And you can verify this through MRIs. You can actually see bruises on the brain. If someone that's experienced something traumatic, whether it's, you know, from combat or whether it's it's seeing something that they cannot comprehend exists. And we need to keep that in mind that, you know, we can talk about this all day, but it's a totally different thing to, to witness something like this and to see something as massive as a Sasquatch. It, you know, some of these are 10, 12 feet tall, you know. Um, and so these people are obviously not talking about seeing bears or cougars or whatever. I mean, sure, those are scary situations, but this is totally different. This is on a different level. And it's up there with alien abductees. You know, these people are forever changed. So I think that's that's really an important conversation to have, and I think that's part of why people are scared to even talk about it. They don't want to relive you know, some of this trauma. And I'm not talking about negative experiences and that they were threatened. They just looked, they just saw this thing and knew that it could literally rip them in half. And that's no exaggeration. Yeah, well, no matter what the opinion is of the audience or you you guys or myself, uh, these types of, ex- if you have a legitimate experience that you can catalog and say, okay, that definitely wasn't a bear or that, de- you know, that definitely wasn't this or that. Um, and even if it is maybe in some cases, whether it's Bigfoot or UFOs, maybe it's a to- it's totally a psychic projection. It's an aggregor, whatever the case is, it does change you. And regardless of what any of us think, it changes the direction of our uh, societal discussions. It changes the direction of pop culture. It changes the direction of how we approach uh, the spiritual realms. So again, regardless of what we think, these kinds of things, again, Bigfoot, UFOs, no matter what it is, and no matter what we choose to call it, it fundamentally transforms and, and shifts society in new directions, whether that's artificial uh, or that's natural and organic. And I think that is a, a very important element. I'm glad that you included that. That's a very important element when it comes to the psychology of this stuff, uh, kind of like what Carl Jung wrote about UFOs in a similar vein to that, uh, what you have in the documentary uh, pertaining to Bigfoot and psychology. That's very, very important. So we've got about mm-hmm. uh, six minutes left here, roughly. I'd like to give uh, Tobe the floor and then Brett the floor, a couple minutes each. Anything else you'd like to share? I know it was a very short interview, 
I think we got into some good details, but anything else you'd like to share? Uh, we'll start with you, Tobe. Well, beyond the films, um, there's there's future projects here, and um, I'll let Brett uh, break the news on what's coming people's way in 2025, but definitely um, it's going to be a, a groundbreaking documentary on the subject of Sasquatch, but um, in particular, I've got some stuff coming up here in the next couple of weeks that's going to take me out to the, the Redwoods for a bit here, looking into the subject matter, and um you know, the idea that Sasquatch exists at all is very fascinating. But what if Sasquatch has a language? Let me tell you, Sasquatch actually exists, which I believe they do, and they have a language, which I believe they they have a language, then there's implications of culture because there are no languages without there being a baseline of culture, but there are no cultures without there being a form of religion or spiritualism. So we really have something to think about here, what we have on our hand, and we're just getting started. We're, we're digging into the issues. We're hopefully asking the correct questions, and this film help does it. And you, Brett? Yeah, so what Tobe was teasing there is we're doing um, Voices in the Wilderness documentary right now. We started shooting it. Voices in the Wilderness was a book that was written by Ron Moorhead, about his experiences up at the Sierra camp in central California, Sierra Nevada mountains. And, um, Ron was invited, um, a few years after these voices were heard by some of the gentlemen that were going up for camping trips or I'm sorry, hunting trips. And they were recording these voices and these voices have been, um, analyzed by, you know, a notable crypto naval crypto linguist, He's now retired by the name of Scott Nelson. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Scott determined that this was, a, in fact, a language. He also determined, in short, I mean, there's a lot of details in here, too, but he determined that this was impossible to fake. And I think the, the initial reaction, and I will say this much, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, in my early 20s, in the 1990s, hearing Ron Moorhead on Coast to Coast with Art Bell Hearing Ron's recordings, my initial reaction was, this guy is off his rocker. I mean, this just sounds too <laughs> crazy. I mean, these these grunts and these snorts and these, you know, I mean, it, it sounded like cavemen. And it initially sounded easily easy to fake. But when you really start listening to them and you start listening to the highs and the lows and you, uh, you know, even have a basic understanding of how the human voice works, then you start to realize that's when your hair st- stands up on end. And so we've been fortunate enough to all to have already interviewed uh, many of the key players. And we'll, we will continue to uncover the story that people have have yet to hear. And um, I'm really, really excited about this documentary because we concentrate on solely on one experience, one story. And we haven't had that luxury with the other two films. I think that this film is really going to, um, get people talking outside of the world of Bigfoot. And that's really the goal for us is to 
you know, get this taken seriously in the mainstream. Tobe Johnson and uh, Brett Eichenberger, our guests this evening, Flash of Beauty, two-part documentary. Where can listeners find it if they'd like to listen and watch that documentary that you guys made? The, the best way to find it, Ryan, is on Amazon.com. If you go in and you type a, a Flash of Beauty, Bigfoot, you know, you'll come up with both films. Um, and it's, like I said, it's available now. Um, you can also check out our YouTube page, A Flash of Bigfoot. And we have uh, copious amounts of interviews. We're adding to them all the time. The full-length raw interviews. We've only cut out the questions and breaks and that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, we want to be transparent. We want the truth out there. We want people to be able to enjoy what these experts and eyewitnesses have to say. All right, Tobe, do you have any uh, any uh, website links, anything you want to share with listeners if they want to find you? And, and then we'll go to Brett for the same thing real quick. Oh, sure. Yeah, if people want to get in touch with me, they can do it uh, on some of the same links Brett just mentioned. But if you'd like to uh, read through my virtual book that has uh, interactive QR codes embedded in each chapter there, you can relive my experiences at a paranormal hotspot in Oregon. The book's called The Owl Moon Lab, A Paranormal Experiment, and you can find that wherever weird books are sold. And Brett, you any other websites, anything you want to share? Yeah, Bigfoot Doc. Dot com. That's not a Bigfoot doctor. It is Bigfoot documentary. Bigfootdoc.com. And um, you can reach us there. Uh, you can email us at info at bigfootdoc.com if you want to share some stories with us. If you have questions, we are also on Facebook. If you follow us on Facebook, we love to interact with folks and uh, we love to hear stories. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tobe and Brett. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you, Ryan. Thank really appreciate you. it. Yeah, we'll have to do it again sometime because I got a lot more questions. Uh, to sh- I mean, we'll have to watch the first documentary. We can talk more in detail about it. Tobe Johnson, yeah. Brett Eichenberger. Thank you guys so much. Take care. All right, take care. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Another hour coming up right after this. You want to reach out to the show, TST Radio at ProtonMail.com. Remember the secretteachings.info. After the show, Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio, you can get the ad free show if you're a subscriber with montages in my digital books and of course go to aftermath.media the digital playground where you can get a lot of other stuff too webinars Clyde's show and a bunch of other shows aftermath.media another hour after this like I said right here on the secret teachings don't go anywhere we will be right back tuned into the secret teachings radio you can listen to new episodes monday through friday on ground zero dot radio for an exploration into parapolitics the occult pop conspiracy history symbolism and so much more if you miss the live show check out our free archive at the secret teachings dot info or use the rss feed on the site to plug into your podcast and radio apps 
this is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If you want more of The Secret Teachings Radio, check out one of Ryan's five books, Liberty Shrugged, An Unconventional Look at American History, Garden of Hallucinations, An Overview of Ancient Mystery Traditions, Symbols, and Sacred Religious Texts, Occult Arcana, a massive compendium of all things occult. The Technological Elixir, a look at everything from AI and the occult music industry to UFOs and COVID-19. And the fifth book, Food Philosophy. All five books are available only at thesecretteachings.info. For alternative forms of payment, please contact Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call up to the fall of back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Listening to the Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Hour number two tonight, it is February 2nd, 2024. If you'd like to reach out to the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. Groundzero.radio is the live stream Monday through Friday, and the free archive anywhere you listen to radio shows or podcasts. The Secret Teachings or thesecretteachings.info has all the links. If you missed our first hour tonight, we had the guys from A Flash of Beauty documentary on the show to talk about Paranormal Bigfoot. That is the second Bigfoot show of my 14-year radio career. And in this last hour tonight, these last two final segments, we're going to look at the subject of Bigfoot, hopefully from a slightly different angle than what you might be accustomed to hearing. And there are other things we could discuss tonight. Plenty of other things we could discuss tonight. I have a whole list of shows prepared. But considering how well last week's show went and the good feedback I got with Mike Patterson, I thought we would do another Bigfoot show this week. And I think uh, the first hour was an interesting conversation. I want to take you back to this study that was conducted. This was very recent. This study that was conducted about Bigfoot and Bigfoot's relationship or Sasquatch's relationship with bears, big bears in the woods. It was published in the Journal of Zoology, and it tried to explain away Bigfoot sightings as being the sightings of the American black bear. And as I said last week on the show, certainly many people probably have seen bears. Many people have probably heard other animals making Sasquatch-like noises in the woods. But the reason that I want to focus on this this second hour tonight after the interview in the first hour is because I've noticed that there isn't just a parallel between Bigfoot and other paranormal types of activity and UFOs in the sense of people that disappear, people that go missing in the woods, 
We talked about that young boy in the Carolinas that went missing and said he was taken care of by a bear a couple of years ago. There was also a, a story that Brett brought up in the interview last hour about a more recent story about a kid who went missing and said a bear took care of them. I think there were also cases of this back in the 1800s, if I remember this correctly. Kids or young people go missing and some sort of bear-like creature takes care of them. I mean, to a child, you know, unless maybe they grew up in the Pacific Northwest or if they had maybe if they had a parent like me, they probably don't know what a Sasquatch is or a Bigfoot is, right? So they're going to identify it as something that they do know. So they see it and they identify it as a bear. You know, this this uh, Casey Hathaway kid was was pretty young. I mean, he has probably no context for what a Sasquatch is. So he said a big bear took care of him. And we've heard this story over and over and over again. So it's not just the people that go missing, people that have bizarre paranormal interactions, uh, electromagnetic disturbances. It's also the way that in pop culture and in even mainline, uh, let's say, news publications, the way that things like UFOs and things like Bigfoot, which I, it's almost like they're two different sides of the same spectrum. And people are obviously much, much, much more interested in UFOs than Bigfoot. But there's a parallel not just within the activity, but also within the way that these things are kind of disclosed or talked about in the public. The parallel here is the Journal of Zoology is saying that, look, you can identify most of these sightings as bears. And they're probably right. Most of the sightings are probably bears and other similar creatures, other similar animals. I mean, the forest is vast. And so much of our forests, like our oceans, are really places that are the domains of of the unknown. We don't know what goes on in there. It's very easy to get lost. It's very dangerous, even if you're on marked trails. That's why you don't leave the trail. And that's probably also why we have these, these legends of people missing when they go off the trail. It's not just because they get lost, but it's something we also tell our kids. You know, don't go off the trail because you might disappear. Maybe a monster gets you, or maybe the go down to the water. Maybe the kappa gets you, takes you into the water. It's not a real monster per se, but it frightens kids to stay out of the water and be careful because kids don't think logically, so they need sort of a, a cartoonish-like image, whether that's the kappa at the water or it's some type of a monster in the forest, whatever the case might be. You know, these are stories that lead to sightings and people that actually see things that then lead to more stories. And there's a lot of things, whether we're warning kids about the dangers of water or the dangers of going off the trail in a forest and getting lost. Or we're talking about people that see things that, you know, they're hunters, they've been in the woods their whole life, and yet they see something they really can't identify. Maybe they, maybe they believe that it's cloaked, kind of like the predator. We talked about that earlier. There's all kinds of theories about this type of stuff, and I'm not pushing one or the other, but people see those kinds of things that they're not children, they're hunters, they've been in the woods their whole life, and then that contributes to the overall narrative. And we get these, just like with UFOs, we get these varied stories. Sometimes there's overlap, sometimes there's not. And when there's sort of a kind of a, a push for some t type of disclosure, let's call it, and again, we have this in the Journal of Zoology, there's always the one extremist side that says everything can be identified as military craft. Everything can be identified as black bears. We have the other side that says, oh, well, the U.S. government, you know, they've they've been hiding this stuff for so long. You know, they're reverse engineering alien craft. I don't care what they say. 
And you're probably going to get a lot of Bigfoot people that say, I don't care what the journal zoology says. Bigfoot is not a bear. And it's like, well, that's it's like that's not what. You know, yes, the government covers things up, but you don't have any proof they're actually reverse engineering craft. And it's like, you, you, sure, some people can see see you know bears as Bigfoot, but that doesn't mean that everybody's seen a bear is seen Bigfoot or vice versa. Like, there's we need to look at things objectively, or at least try to look at things objectively. And you know, those are the extremes of the of the accepting and the rejecting of 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 a belief system which is what it is skepticism is as much of a belief as a hardcore belief in ufos or in bigfoot or any other paranormal phenomena so that's what i try to do here on the show and i'm trying to bring you parallels and patterns that are often overlooked and although it's not really overlooked that bigfoot is related to ufos i think maybe the disclosure process of bigfoot in a sense like with ufos there's a parallel here because this Journal of Zoology study just came out last month, January. When we talked about it, it, it had just come out last week. And that's, you know, that's a recent thing that parallels all this stuff about UFOs. We did a UFO show, a couple of UFO shows earlier this week. And we still don't know about UFOs. That was the whole point of Tuesday's show. UFO, we still don't know. We read what Sean Kirkpatrick said about UFOs. We still don't have any clear answers. We don't have anything different than what we had back in the 40s and 50s and 60s. We have reports, we have things that have been declassified, we have the military and intelligence community actively engaged in disinforming and misinforming the public. We have the same thing happening today that we had going on 50, 60, 70 years ago. Nothing has really changed. You know, maybe the way that it's covered and maybe the pop culture has changed, maybe our our beliefs and how we justify our beliefs have changed, but nothing has really changed. Nothing has really changed in the field of Bigfoot research either. People have all kinds of theories, but nothing has really changed. And even though we get reports like this out of the zoology journal, oh, the Bigfoot's just a bunch of bears. Well, probably, yes, there's probably a lot of Bigfoot sightings that are bears and other creatures. That doesn't mean all, all Bigfoots can be described in those terms. So I wanted to read you this, uh, this article I have here from the Irish star. I wouldn't say it's like a, uh, you know, it's not a, uh, as reputable of a, of, of a journal as the Journal of Zoology or an article as the Journal of Zoology, but they're quoting the Journal of Zoology. And they say, Flo Foxen, who is the author of the study and the founder of the Folk Zoology Society, wrote that many people may have conflated the American black bear with the Sasquatch. They said, it has been suggested that the American black bear may be responsible for a significant number of purported sightings of an alleged unknown species of hominoid in North America. Now, of course, the study doesn't take into account the fact that you see this creature literally everywhere you look in the world. You look for Bigfoot, and you are going to find Bigfoot virtually everywhere you look in the world. Some version of Bigfoot. Yeti, Yowie, Skunk Ape, Yarin, Hebagon, Captar. One of my favorites. The Florida version is the skunk ape. And you listen to the stories of the skunk ape, that's more of like the the uh, uh, swampy Sasquatch. Or if you listen to the, the, the stories of the Yeti, it's more of like the snowy, icy Bigfoot Sasquatch. You know, they all these stories, the way that they move and the way they act, they, they can all be correlated with things like goblins and things like little green men 
and paranormal activity, A-ports and D-ports, electromagnetic disturbances, something that also happened with the Mothman cases in West Virginia. Missing time, dream-like encounters, circular impressions, fairy circles and the lights of UFOs. I mean, what do Bigfoots do? They're kind of etheric. Maybe they can cloak. They move in and out of dimensions. People have all kinds of theories. I'm not promoting one or the other. And they do still leave, despite the fact that you can't really nail them down. They still leave traces of things behind. Maybe hair that is unidentified by veterinarians. And maybe in those particular cases where it's unidentified by a veterinarian, maybe we need a second or third or fourth opinion. You know, maybe whatever it is that's left behind is something that we are physically manifesting. You know, aggregors and thought forms are, I think, left out of a lot of these paranormal discussions because we think maybe it's conscious, maybe it's unconscious, subconscious. We think, well, if we're projecting it, that means it's not real. And it's like, no, it means it is real because everything that you see in reality is a projection of something else. And you're projecting your own reality every time you observe nature, every time you observe anything, you're, that's the reality that you are projecting and creating. So if you're projecting UFOs, if you're projecting paranormal activity, you're actually interacting with things that, that are very real. They just might not be uh, catalogable. You might not be able to sit down and, and list them like a bunch of birds that you can go out and see and, and, and take binoculars and watch. But it's still a very real thing. I mean, you how can, can you sit down and put lightning in a bottle? Can you sit down and put, you know, the 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 the, uh, the unbelievable things that nature does, like hurricanes? And can you put that in a bottle? Can you put down the feeling that you get, w- you know, when you feel a storm coming? You know, the hair on your arm stands up, maybe a, a lightning storm or something like that. Can you put that in a bottle? No, you can't. But it's there. You see it. You can't really identify it. We can try to explain the processes by which it takes place, but we really don't, we really can't bottle it up. Even if we can try to explain it, that's all researchers into the paranormal are doing. Uh, I mean, another great example of this in terms of the paranormal and the abnormal is the idea of like telepathy. I mean, if you've ever been in a really solid relationship with someone and had a really good connection with someone, or maybe that's just your kid, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's a really good friend you've been friends with forever there are subtle things that you get to know about that person, right? Their body language and you get to know their likes and dislikes and how they handle certain situations. And in effect, based on those patterns that you're not even consciously aware of necessarily, you can start to kind of read their mind. But if you go beyond that, what a sign. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just mainline scientists tell us today about things and the ideas of, of things like teleportation. You know, light. The, the, I mean, according to scientists, they've been able to transfer or basically teleport light particles. In one case, across a body of water. In another case, they've been able to slow light down in a tube. And they say light is information, right? And we say in occult science, the body is light. DNA is light, right? That's why the chakras are the colors they are. It's like the breaking apart of the rainbow. It's a light body, spirit. So if information is light or light is information and information is contained in light, if you can slow down light, if you can project light and, and, and teleport light or particles, you can do the same with information. And since the body has an auric field around it, which can actually be photographed with Carillion photography, call it whatever you will. You know, the older body doesn't have an aura, but that thing that we are photographing, that's just explainable through science. It's like, yeah, it probably is. Everything that's paranormal can be probably explained in some way, shape or form through science. <laughs> you know, TVs were invented because of paranormal research. Do you know that TVs were invented because of paranormal research? Most scientific advances were made either through paranormal like research because at the time it was abnormal. Nobody understood what, you know, frequencies and signals were transmitted through the air. It, it, it's, an, it's invisible. Nobody knows what that is or tra- even transmitted through a, through a line. We don't know what that is. That's why they don't know what, in the old days, they didn't know what, how beer was made. So they called it spirits. The spirits were in it. Everything that we have today that's science is based on, at one point or another, paranormal. And then once we understand it, it's not abnormal anymore. It's very normal. So it becomes just the new normal. But at one point, it was paranormal. So if you can transfer light and transfer information through that light and you can interact with the auric field and you get to know someone really well, then way beyond the the patterns that you recognize in their behavior and what they like and what they dislike and all this stuff, you can probably read, at least theoretically, you can probably read their mind. You can probably read their thoughts, not just the subtle things that you pick up unconsciously, but you get into their their energetic field. And you can probably read and transfer information. That's telepathy. That's a scientific way to explain telepathy. And there's a scientific way to explain all of the different things that we put into and classify as paranormal, as supernatural. And in some cases, we classify it as science. And in some cases, we classify it as religion. Because if many of the things, and we know that there's a whole movement about this for for decades and decades and decades... Many of the things we classify as religious for other people are classified as ancient aliens. And neither is necessarily right or wrong, at least in their classification process, because if you have, if you're trying to look at the world, it's just a lens, right? You're just trying to look at the world and try to explain, well, okay, things that came down from heaven, they were on fire or they were lit up, but they didn't have fire, kind of like the jinn, the jinn. And, uh, you know, the beans came out of these wheels like Ezekiel and you know, uh, Enoch was taken to the heavens and you can you want to interpret that through a very religious lens. Well, those were angels and those were the helpers of God. If you want to interpret through a scientific lens, you could say, well, that was explainable as a hallucinogenic experience. Maybe, you know, John took some mushrooms on Patmos and that's how he wrote Revelation. Probably a very good explanation for how that was written. Other things you might explain away and say, well, you know, that's a metaphor. 
if you're looking at it from a psychological point of view. Uh, then other people might say, well, it's, it's actually very scientifically explainable how this or that could happen. You know, like maybe how, for example, how the plagues of Egypt could have occurred. If you read the Colburn Bible, a combination of Egyptian and, and, and Greek texts, it's basically described as a natural event that the scientists or the priests or the emissaries of God, you know, if you can communicate with the sky and you understand how things work, you're communicating with God. You know God's plan and you know that there's going to be fire raining down from heaven. There's going to be an eclipse. There's going to be this or that. So you can explain away the plagues as scientific. That doesn't mean that they didn't happen. It doesn't mean that they're not from God because everything that happens is from God. This is this jumbled mess of trying to catalog all of these things into these individual belief systems. You can explain the plague scientifically. That verifies them. It doesn't dismiss them. You can explain UFOs both scientifically and psychologically. It doesn't dismiss them. It actually proves their existence. If you want to catalog things like Bigfoot, you can do that in a lot of different ways. You can look at the folklore. You can look at the legends. You can look at the mythology. You can look at some of the things we were discussing earlier with our guests. It doesn't mean just because you can say, well, Bigfoot is a projection of something, like a psychic projection, an aggregoric projection, like I've made the argument with UFOs. That doesn't mean Bigfoot's not real. Like we're, tr- we're so busy trying to prove a ghost is real, Bigfoot's real. That's a belief system. That doesn't help us. That actually hurts us. And if you're really adamant about proving one thing or another real, All that does is work your case backwards. You shouldn't be trying to prove that something is real. You should be examining the evidence that's scientific as it is put forth and then dismissing the pieces that don't fit and accepting the pieces that do fit. That's how you get really, really good results. And that is, yes, scientific, but science shouldn't have this negative misnomer attached to it that science is something that religious folks or people that believe in something based on faith whether that's god or bigfoot something that we should reject it's like no science can help to prove that god is real science can help to prove that bigfoot is real science can help to prove that ufos are real but if you go to war with science and if science goes to war with these other types of more fringe beliefs then all it does is create division schism And we don't get any further in our investigations. And that, unfortunately, I think is what the whole field or fields of paranormal investigation and research is all about. Then you mix that in with the TV shows that promote what amounts to a comical version of ghost hunting or a comical version of Bigfoot or a comical version of UFOs. And sure, it's entertainment and there's a place for that. And if it's not active dis or misinformation or just propaganda, you know, it's just people, you know, making a TV show that they know is going to sell. doesn't have to be malicious. But, you know, as individuals, we turn our attention to what is considered, you know, the official source of information, whether that's with UFOs. I mean, all the people that didn't believe in didn't believe the government would tell the truth about UFOs suddenly believe everything the government says or kind of misleads you to think that they're saying Because you want to believe so badly that even though you know the government's lied to you, you're going to take them up this time and believe them. Because why? Well, you like UFOs and the government said aliens are real, even though they didn't. Because that's that's the assumption that you make. And I bet you if there's psychologists running any part of this disclosure operation, they very well know that. 
I know that because I'm aware of it. And if I'm aware of it, I'm pretty sure high-level members of the U.S. military and government are very aware that all they have to do, because they know of the link between UFOs and aliens, is suggest we can't identify some of these UFOs, and the public says government said aliens are real. That's the psychology behind this. In the same way that if the Journal of Zoology says, yep, uh, these Bigfoots can be identified as black bears, whoop, Anybody who was skeptical of Bigfoot in the first place says, see, they're all black bears and walks away. They don't read the journal. They read the headline. And likewise, the people that believe in Bigfoot read the journal. or Maybe they hear the headline and they're like, well, that's no, that's not true. There's no, no Bigfoot's not a black bear. OK, well, they didn't say Bigfoot was a black bear. They said a lot of Bigfoot sightings are probably black bears. Nobody, it seems like in these fields, because it's all based on belief, can be objective about any of this stuff for half a second because we're always trying to defend our belief system. We're always trying to defend, and that's okay. That's, that's natural, but we have to be aware of that. We're always trying to defend our echo chamber, and we only want to talk to people who will speak to us in the same language that we understand. This is real. This is not real. I believe this. I don't believe that. We want people to confirm our bias. We want people to confirm what we already believe. Same thing with climate change. People that believe in climate change, they don't care what the evidence is. They don't care about the medieval warm period. They don't care about temperature readings on tarmacs during the summer solstice when the sun is at peak solar activity. They don't care about that. And likewise, the people that reject climate change because it's, oh, I don't, I believe in God and the science. I don't believe in the science. Well, you're an idiot because you should believe in the science because the science can actually prove that climate change isn't real in the way that it's been politically produced. So I think, regardless of how you look at anything, this is the problem that we face. Stop rejecting God and stop rejecting science to break things down along black and white lines. Stop rejecting the supernatural and stop rejecting reality. You know, there is a place for the supernatural in reality, because it's just a part of reality we don't understand. And there's a place for science in God, because science is a wonderful way to explore the world that God created. And stop rejecting God in the sciences, because what you're observing is a world that God created. You know, we have to quantify and catalog and reconcile these things and bring them together. And only then, and I think Tesla said this too, only then can we make great advances. Rather than separating everything, well, astrology is different than astronomy, and astronomy is different than astrology. And within the Bigfoot community, you got spiritual Bigfoot people and paranormal Bigfoot people, and then there's the, the hominoid Bigfoot people, and they all fight with each other. And it's like you're fighting about a theory. You can't prove it. You can't really disprove it, but you're going to fight over it. Well, why don't you just put all your resources together, and maybe uh, Bigfoot won't look like a cartoon character anymore. Because, because because everybody's fighting all the time within that field, Bigfoot does look like, as we discussed earlier, it just looks like a cartoon character. It's freaking, I mean, that's why I never talk about Bigfoot, because I'm not really interested in the subject. Uh, I think partly because it's just not, it just doesn't appeal to me as much as other supernatural things. But then, then again, you know, some of the, some of the aspects of it, it's like, I can see it's, it's the same thing as ufology. It's the same thing as ghost hunting. It's the same thing as everything supernatural. It's the same thing as religion. It's the same thing as religion. The exact same thing as religion. How can you conflate Bigfoot with religion? Because people believe in Bigfoot. They don't care what the evidence says. Even if the evidence can somehow prove that Bigfoot is real, they're uninterested in that because they have their own belief. It's the same thing 
in religion. You know how that works in religion. It doesn't matter what the evidence says. Don't question it. Don't show me science because that's going to disprove what I'm saying, even if science can actually prove the existence of God. Because real scientists, when you look at the details, you look at the complexity of the human body, how the complexity of the metabolism of, of, of things in the human body. You can, we cannot even begin to conceive of the complexity of a small little teeny tiny fragment of the human body, let alone the complexity of the whole thing, let alone the complexity of the whole thing and how it interacts with other humans, the complexity of how all that works with nature, all that works with the planet. It is beyond even AI's comprehension. Okay, that is intelligence on a level that is incomprehensible to humans. So rather than acknowledge that, we break everything down. Everything's a field of specialty. Everything is broken down in a black and white fashion, and we don't get anywhere because we argue that, oh, this tiny piece of the metabolic process is the most important. We don't need all those other ones. Just this vitamin is really important. We don't need all those other ones. You know, just just carbon is important. We don't need all those. Nitrogen's important. We don't need all those other ones. We, you know, just Bigfoot's important. We don't need to look at other things. You know, it, none of that helps us. In fact, it makes every field of research, every field of investigation look like it's and feel like it's it, it not only is it inadequate it's a waste of time it's a waste of time so back to the study real quick before we take a break the journal of zoology um despite the fact despite the fact that there are many 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 sightings of bigfoot that can certainly be associated with black bears there are still many sightings that cannot be associated with black bears. And that's in the study itself, that there are many things that you cannot identify as black bear, which means that despite the fact that there has been some talk online about how well, Bigfoot's explained, we explained Bigfoot, and this was even trending on Twitter the other day after we did our show with Mike Patterson, despite the fact that you can make some identities, the journal article actually admits that, well, we, there's still a lot of things that we don't, <laughs> That we don't know. So that's how that's how you have to look at all this stuff, all the studies and the research, and because it doesn't, we don't get a clear picture. This is just one perception of one issue, and there's a bunch of other perceptions and ways to look at it. Because there are plenty of places in the world that don't have black bears, and yet you got a lot of Sasquatch, Yeti, Bigfoot, uh, Yowie sightings. again, the Bigfoot thing is, it's like, we're not just talking about Bigfoot tonight. What we're talking about is an overall belief system. We're trying to understand the supernatural and the paranormal from a more balanced and objective point of view. That's my goal anyway here on the show. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with the final segment. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. It is February 2nd, 2024, into the 3rd, Friday into Saturday. One more segment, and then we'll get our weekend started. We'll be right back. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. (laughs) 
I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. There are four ways to listen and support The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio or in the free archive at TheSecretTeachings.info. You can also re-subscribe at TheSecretTeachings.info where you can get ad-free access to the archive, montages, and Ryan's digital books. And by signing up at Aftermath.media. Or you can also get Clyde Lewis's Ground Zero. For those of you with a few seconds to spare, please don't forget to leave the show a review or comment on podcast players like Apple. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. So last week after our Bigfoot show with Mike Patterson, Bigfoot and uh, Ground Zero Radio pointed this out on Twitter. Bigfoot was trending on Twitter. And uh, this week, Bigfoot is trending again. Slightly different reason, though. There's a new song called Bigfoot. It came out from Nicki Minaj. And uh, I, I can't listen to her music. I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know if that is, even is music. But she has a new song called Bigfoot. And uh, it's not about what you think it's about. So that's kind of got Bigfoot trending. And, uh, you know, as we discussed on our recent Bigfoot show last week about the paranormal relationship with the mysterious creature and uh, what it shares in relationship-wise with other supernatural phenomena. Now, I was reading this study that I had briefly mentioned on the previous episode we did about Bigfoot, and it's from the Journal of Zoology. It says, Bigfoot, if it's there, could it be a bear? And I want to point something out that's really interesting that I think you're all going to appreciate as listeners of The Secret Teachings. Remember when I showed you the 100% COVID-19 death rate, that new virus variant out of what was it, China, and it was all over the news and the alternative media had a big old erection for it, and everybody was like, oh my God, we're going to die, we're going to die, and that was old news, that's gone now, nobody's scared of that anymore. And I told you, if you read the study, you find the word model nine times in it because the entirety of the 100% kill rate COVID variant was actually done on a computer. It wasn't real. It wasn't in a biological laboratory it was done in a computer laboratory. It was not a worldwide virus. It was a computer virus. 
Remember I showed you also Pfizer's response to gain-of-function research, where they say on their website in a press release last year, all of that research is conducted using computers. I showed you the main university, that's Maine, the state, State University of Maine, and their climate data, where the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration came out and said you can't rely on Maine's findings that this was the hottest time ever last year because their findings are not based on real data. It's based on climate modeling. And then remember I showed you that the Imperial College London, the same one that said all these millions and millions of people are going to die in the UK, that's the same one that gives us a lot of our climate modeling. Okay, so it's all based on computer models. We'll get this, even the Bigfoot study. It has been suggested that the American black bear may be responsible for a significant amount of purported sightings of an alleged unknown species of hominoid in North America. As I'm reading this, I don't know if you can hear in the background, it's starting to rain or hail here or something tonight. Sorry if that's a little bit distracting. Uh, Previous analysis have identified a correlation between Sasquatch or Bigfoot sightings and black bear populations in the Pacific Northwest using ecological niche models and simple models of expected animal sightings. So these aren't even actual bear sightings. These are expected animal sightings based on computer models. This is really, really important. Wouldn't you say? So what they're telling you is, yes, and we could logically assess a lot of people that see Sasquatch, they're really going to be seeing a black bear. They're going to be seeing some other animal. Okay, but there's a lot of really good sightings, too, that are unexplained, just like UFOs. Okay, we can accept that. We can move on from that. But this study is telling you there's a correlation. They're not going out and counting things. This isn't hardcore, data-driven, like Noah said, science. This is all modern computer science where all the correlations between Sasquatch and Bigfoot and Black Bear are being done using ecological models and simple models of expected animal sightings. That means it's not real. <laughs> that means it's, it's, it's expected animal sightings, not things that are actually seen. Now, this is really, really important, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say that this is really important? There's rain in the background here. It kind of sounds kind of eerie and spooky. It is really coming down. It almost sounds it almost sounds like hail. I, th- I think what's going on here is I've got this like uh, air conditioner through the wall and the rain's hitting the air conditioner. So I'm sorry about that. It kind of gives that weird late night vibe. It's like a storm outside and talking about the paranormal and all that kind of stuff. So it's coming down harder now than it was a minute ago. Uh, anyway, so... This is about modeling. Okay, that's the point. It's about modeling. I want to reiterate that. Virus models, climate models, death models from both viruses and climate, and even in the paranormal, they're using computer models. Okay, asking yourself the question, you know, ask yourself this question, does that matter? Should that that should matter to both the Bigfoot researchers and the people that just say, well, yeah, it's all bear, bears because they didn't go count bears. They use models of expected animal sightings that they're using. It's a, it's all done on a computer. It's not real. So you certainly can't use this study to say all Bigfoot, all Sasquatch is bear activity 
And you certainly can't use this study to say, well, science is just trying to use bears to, to scare you away from researching Bigfoot, because that's not what it is. It's just a computer model, and it's just a little assessment. Just a little assessment. That's all that it is. It's an assessment. None of this stuff. You just take a look. I, can't, I, just can't, I still can't believe that the, that the 100% virus kill rate story is anywhere on the Internet. It's, all you have to do is click the link to the study, and you read the abstract, and it tells you it's a computer model. It's not real. There's nothing to be scared of. But that's what drives clicks and clout and cash in the alternative media. In the paranormal world, we have very similar versions of that. Because a lot of the paranormal world is just like people that don't trust anything mainstream, anything scientific. They're, I mean, naturally, we're all obsessed with the unknown and the mysteries of life. And when all, all someone has to do is say, hey, I saw a Bigfoot, do a whole show on it. No one's going to get to the bottom of these things if we continue to allow simple words and headlines to dictate our perception of reality. If we allow the theories to dictate our perception of reality, we should allow the evidence to dictate our perception of reality, not the theories, not the conspiracies, not the computer models, none of that. Okay, none of that. No conspiracies. No theories, no conspiracy theories, no uh, models on a computer. None of that should dictate our reality. What should dictate our reality are facts. And experiences are important, but experiences are also not fact. Despite the fact that many people can experience individually or simultaneously or at different points in their life similar things, you can put that together and you can correlate it and say, okay, we have something that might be relevant here, but that does not mean you have proof of it. You know, second and third hand accounts of UFOs is not proof. Going out into the woods and seeing something you can't identify, more than likely, it's not Bigfoot. More than likely, it's not Bigfoot. Okay, we, we, it's like when you're laying in bed at night, and you're looking around the room and, and maybe you're, you know, maybe you're still, you're an adult, you're still kind of afraid of the dark. Nothing necessarily wrong with that, but you're in the, in the room and you're afraid of the dark and you see, you know, the, the lines between worlds kind of become blurred. You can't really tell if that's, is that a sweater on a chair or is that a monster, right? Is that a branch outside my window or is that a monster? Like when you were a kid, you can't really identify what it is. And so you create, we create these monsters that fill the, the, the void between what we can and can't see and identify. And those monsters become household names. Whether we call them monsters and goblins and whatnot in the West, or they call them yokai in Japan, or wherever you are in the world. And Bigfoot is the same thing. You know, it's like when, when, you, when you're, in, you're in your house at night, and you're listening to the show right now and you hear the rain in the background. It's kind of, kind of creepy. And I look out my window and like the last thing I want to see looking in my window is, is a creature. I don't care if it's a dog man, a Bigfoot, or it's a human. Like, wouldn't that be really creepy if someone's just looking in your window watching you? When you look at your, out your window at night, like, I don't know. I don't like looking out my window at night. I don't know what's going to be out there looking back at me. So it kind of leads to this, I, this the imagination runs wild. Because anything could be in the dark. Anything. Satan could be in the dark. Dogman could be in the dark. 
Bigfoot could be in the dark, or maybe just a burglar. Burglar could be in the dark. Someone's going to break into your house. Could be in the dark. Anything could be in the dark. If you look out the window at night, where you're looking at the window at night from across the room, it's like the last thing you want to see is someone looking back. That's really that's why clowns are scary. When because cl- like the clown's supposed to be funny, right? And if clown's not funny and doing funny stuff, something's wrong, right? It's like when you know a doll looks too realistic. It's not supposed to look that real. It's not real. It's a doll. It's a doll. It's not supposed to be alive. It's creepy. You know, no one's supposed to be looking in your window at night. That's like a scary thing to think about that. So no wonder people imagine seeing Bigfoot or Dogman looking in your window. Dogman around the Great Lakes, like Michigan, Bigfoot in the Pacific Northwest and other places. And other people see all kinds of other things looking in the window, especially if they get real high and they're and they're and they're uh, interested in having sex with kids like Stan Romanek, he sees aliens looking in his window. And then J3 films make movies about it and they make a bunch of money on it. You know, you can see anything looking in your window. I mean, maybe maybe Mary's looking in your window. Maybe you see a, you know, a Marianne apparition. Cuz I mean, the window is a gateway to the other side. You don't think about that. The like your window in your bedroom where Bigfoot looks in or Dogman looks in or whatever looks in. All those things are just like, it's the gateway, it's the portal to the other side, like Microsoft Windows and the cave paintings in Spain that show the windows with the little digitized parts to them, just like the original Microsoft logo. Those are gateways to the other side. That window is the window from the inside to the outside, from one side to the upside down, from the conscious mind into the unconscious mind, the abyss, the depths of the underworld. That's where it's all happening. We project it on the outside. There are so many different ways to look at this kind of stuff. And there isn't a way to really nail it down and really understand and figure out what all of this is is about. All the paranormal subjects, all the supernatural subjects. And so often, more often than not, anytime there's a story about Loch Ness Monster, I've done some Loch Ness Monster shows in the past, it's the same thing as this Bigfoot study in the Journal of Zoology. It's like, well, we ran a computer model of the lock, and the computer model says there's no such thing as the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, real scientific. You sat on your ass, drank a cup of coffee, and you let a computer do the work for you. That's not science, okay? I mean, computers are very necessary for a lot of the things we do. And they can be used in science, and more often than not, they're used in science. But if you're talking about something that needs and, and, and requires a field investigation, that's not science. I didn't go out and count the black bears. I didn't go out and just maybe estimate how many sightings have been had in this area or that area. I just wanted a computer and typed in some information, and a computer did it for me. I didn't have to go research Bigfoot. I didn't have to go research black bears. I didn't have to go interview people locally. I just plugged it into a computer. It's like, that. that's not science. Again, let me be clear. Science and computers, like that's all good stuff. Like you need computers for some some things, okay? But when you talk about field research for these kinds of things, things that can't even be identified, I don't see how it's logical or rational or even scientific to just use computer models of expected. These aren't even computer models with data of people have actually seen these black bears. These are, quote, expected animal sightings. Look, we do the same thing with endangered species. I've done a couple of shows on this. People talk about endangered species. And this is one of the ways that the climate cult gets kids involved. You don't want the animals to go extinct, do you? 
and then believe what I'm telling you then and, 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 and tell your parents to stop buying plastic. And then the kids are like, yeah, you know, the, the animals are going to extinct. She plays on their, their little kind hearts. The animals are going extinct. You know how they, you know how they catalog those animal extinctions? I read one about a whale and the way that they determined the whale was extinct was because, or going extinct is because they haven't seen it. Nobody's reported seeing one in a very small little, I think I want to say it was in Hong Kong. And it was like, they haven't seen it in this little area of, it was only a certain area of water within the last five years. There haven't been been reports. So they believe that now the the thing is extinct. Like that's not science. (laughs) That's just, that's nonsense. That's nonsense. That's like saying, I haven't seen my grandma or my aunt or my uncle or my brother or my sister you know, or, you know, the dog I had growing up that my parents still have or whatever, uh, the, the, not me, just like in general, whatever family member, pet. I haven't seen my goldfish that still lives, you know, at, at my parents' house. Like, what? So it must be extinct. I haven't seen my cousin in six years. He must be extinct. Like that is so asinine and so ridiculous that anybody can seriously entertain those thoughts. That's not science. It might be a method, but it's not a very good method to determine whether something's extinct. I mean, this is actually a really great example because you can go look at other so-called extinct animals and find that, well, they're not really extinct because they're, you know, they just haven't been seen. And then once in a while, they're, they're seen. Like, here's a great example. The Tasmanian tiger. It's a, it's a cryptid. It's actually, the Tasmanian tiger is a cryptid. And it's supposed to have been extinct for a hundred years. It's supposed to have been extinct since the 19, was it the 1930s? Almost a hundred years. And it looks like, if you look at the pictures of this, back from the 1930s, it looks like, it's like a, a dog wolf face it has the body of almost like a canine. It, it looks like it has stripes, tiger stripes, zebra stripes on its back. It's like a cryptid. They call it a, uh, and it, it, it roams primarily, I think it was a primarily, primarily in Australia. They call it a thylacine, thylacine or the Tasmanian tiger. And there's um, genetic research going to bring this thing back from the dead, first of all. But the Tasmanian tiger uh, that they said was was going extinct, people have uh, have been finding it, witnessing it. Uh, the re- remains of a Tasmanian tiger were found just about a year ago, <laughs> uh, in 2022. So um, that's a cryptid creature. It almost looks like some kind of chupacabra thing in the face. You look all over science websites, long lost, long extinct Tasmanian tiger may still be alive and prowling the wilderness. We found uh, body parts. We found this and we found that recent things. Okay, well, if you're finding the body parts, if you're finding the remnants, the carcass of, of, of a Tasmanian tiger a few years ago, then the things are probably very much alive and well. But nobody can nobody can find a Tasmanian tiger. But they find remnants of it here or there, just like Bigfoot. 
But we have pictures of a Tasmanian tiger. Some people might say those pictures are fake. We have pictures of Bigfoot. Some people might say those pictures are fake. But for some reason, the Tasmanian tiger is accepted by science. Bigfoot is not. For some reason, the whales they don't see anymore in Hong Kong are accepted as a real thing, even though nobody can find them. So we call them extinct, but we know that they're real because someone saw them one time. It's the same metric by which we classify Bigfoot, except when someone sees Bigfoot, we say you're crazy. If you see a, a whale in Hong Kong or a Tasmanian tiger, we say, oh, you're, you're smart. Uh, that's, that's maybe a real thing. We don't know if it's back and alive anymore, but it's definitely a real thing. This is, this is, it's just like when the Europeans came to Florida and they took information about uh, the... Uh, Flamingos. And those flamingos were looked at in Europe as being fabricated and made up. They didn't exist. Didn't exist. Not real. This a tall pink bird that makes a weird sound, has his long pink leg. That's not real. That's a cryptid. Flamingos were cryptids at one point. Like within recent human history, flamingos were cryptids. Now you can go to the St. Pete Botanical Garden and see a whole flock of flamingos. If you're lucky enough, you'll have a flamingo on your roof or in your yard at one point or another if you live in Florida. I have. You know, it's just like you apply this to, to, to the supernatural and it's like the Tasmanian tiger is a supernatural thing. It's not supernatural because it has magical powers. It's just because it hasn't been seen for 100 years, but they're still finding remnants of it today, meaning that it's still alive. We just haven't seen it. That's how we, cl- that's how we classify. That's how we classify what is extinct and what's not extinct. And as I'm talking here, I brought up the, uh, this is one of the stories, the um, bride's well that was supposed, this is one that was supposed to be extinct. And oh, look, last year they found, oh, there's one was spotted off Hong Kong's eastern waters, a very rare sighting. It's supposed to be extinct. Oh, look, it's real. It's, it's, it's very much alive, like the Tasmanian tiger, very much alive. So we argue and debate about things that are so dumb. There is as much evidence of Bigfoot, whatever. I don't care what it is, and I don't care to prove it to you, and I don't care if you disprove it to me. All I care about is that there's evidence of it that is equal to the Tasmanian tiger. And in some cases, there might be even more evidence. People see Bigfoots all the time. People don't see Tasmanian tigers. Now, I know that Tasmanian tigers are not all over the world, and Bigfoot's probably something that is not classifiable in the same category, but in terms of how we identify it, We find knee prints, footprints, many, 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 many of those are faked. Sometimes we find hair. The FBI has a record of this. Some hair is not classifiable. That just means it's not classifiable within databases that we have. That doesn't mean it's supernatural. It just means we haven't identified it yet. You know, if you found hair of a wolf, but we didn't know what a wolf was, and then many, many years later, we identified it as a wolf, and we put that in a database. Now we find wolf hair, and we're like, well, what's this hair? And they they analyze, oh, that's a wolf. Oh, we know what a wolf is. You don't have a classification, so it doesn't mean it's supernatural. It just means that we haven't identified it yet. But things we thought were extinct are very much alive and well. And things that we we think aren't real, we find just as much evidence for them as we do of so-called extinct creatures. That doesn't mean 
you know, that, that there's a supernatural element to it. It doesn't mean that science is wrong necessarily. It just means that the way we classify things is a little asinine. We haven't seen a whale here in five years. That means they're all extinct. We haven't seen a Tasmanian tiger in a hundred years, even though that's not true. That means they're extinct. Even if we found remnants of them recently, that's, they're still extinct because we haven't seen one with our own eyes. I mean, the arrogance and, and the narcissism of science to suggest that with their actions and, and the things that these people say is so unbelievably disingenuous and so unbelievably arrogant and patronizing. I mean, just ignorance on a level that is beyond comprehension. Ego on a level that is beyond comprehension. But seriously, that's, that's, how, that's how we determine if something's extinct. So you get the World Wildlife Fund and their anti-humanist associations with other groups that are like, well, the world's going to end and all these animals are going extinct. How do you classify an extinct animal? Well, we haven't seen it in like three and a half years, so it must be extinct. So literally, because you haven't seen one, it must be extinct. How are you a scientist? You're a fraud. All the people that act like that. We haven't seen one in a long time. It must not be real. I've never seen a UFO, so it must all be fake. I've never seen a Bigfoot, so it must be fake. No? Have you, have you ever, have you, like, how many of you have never seen a flamingo? I'd imagine that a good chunk of this audience has never seen, always well, seen pictures. No, 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 not pictures. There's plenty of pictures of Bigfoot. I mean, a real flamingo in person. Have you ever seen a real flamingo in person? Probably not. I've only seen a red cardinal maybe two or three times in my life. Doesn't mean red cardinal's not real. Can I prove to you that I saw a red cardinal? No, but you accept it because we know what the red cardinals are. There's, ba- there's a football team called the Cardinals. We just accept it that it's real. I've only personally, I've only seen a red cardinal, I think, three times in my life. Once in Florida, twice in West Virginia. Other than that, never seen a red cardinal. I couldn't, I can't bring you a feather. I can't bring you a, a seed it had in its mouth. I can't bring you, uh, you know, a, 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 a toenail. I can't bring you anything. I, I just don't. I don't have any proof that a red cardinal is real. But we know them because we've seen pictures, or we've seen video, or we've seen them before. But if someone asks you to prove, prove to me you saw Bigfoot, okay, prove to me you saw a red cardinal. Can you prove to me what you had for breakfast? Like the way I'm not saying that because someone sees something we should just believe them. What I'm saying is the way that we ask for proof and evidence of these things is asinine. Prove to me you saw Bigfoot. There's no proof of that. Well, mm, there actually is some proof. You just deny it. Whether that proof is valid or not is another question. If the hair or the footprints or any of that's valid, it's another question. But uh, people still see it. People see cardinals. People see blue jays. People see flamingos. People see uh, you know all kinds of birds and animals. And you can't you can't like nail it down and say, I saw, here's the proof. But we have volumes of data to prove this. Well, so does the Bigfoot research community. And so does the UFO community. Well, that's different. No, it's not different. It's it's the same level. I mean, when it's legitimate evidence, it's the same level of evidence. It should be put through the same scrutiny as any other evidence for anything else. You know, people actually, the funny thing is people actually have more proof of Bigfoot than they do UFOs. UFOs are far more etheric and far more elusive than Bigfoot is. There's more evidence of Bigfoot than there is of UFOs as far as I'm... I mean, with the, if you're talking about military reports and things like that, but there's no phys, they still don't have physical proof that's been shown. Bigfoot, at least, they have hair that can't be identified. That doesn't mean it's an alien or Bigfoot or whatever, but it's still something that is at least physical evidence. There's, but Bigfoot just is kind of like left on the side of that whole 
paranormal supernatural equation, although it's all coming from the same, I think, uh, 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 place within the paranormal realm or the abnormal realm uh, outside of our reality. But once it becomes normal, then it, it's not paranormal anymore. You know, it, it's like that with everything. So my point is this Bigfoot study from the Journal of Zoology, it's based on computer models. My point is the way we catalog and classify extinct animals is because, well, I haven't seen them here for a couple of years, so they must be extinct. When's the last time you saw your second cousin, first cousin? When's the last time you saw this person or that person? When's the last time you saw your friends from high school? Did they all die because you haven't seen them? Are they all extinct? I haven't been to a McDonald's in 15 years. Does that mean McDonald's is extinct? I mean, just that is not science. But that's how we classify extinction. Or we do it based on computer models, which certainly can help us, but they shouldn't be classified as the end-all, be-all, because that's foolish. And it's shaky, it's dangerous, it's fraudulent, etc. So just some things to think about over the weekend. Just some things to think about pertaining to the supernatural and the paranormal. I hope you enjoyed tonight's show with Tobe and Brett, Flash of Beauty, and uh, my analysis of uh, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, and all the other names. Hebagon, Skunk Ape, Yowie, Yeti, Yaren, Captar, and its relationship with all of these other paranormal supernatural things. The computer models of how this stuff is done, the extinction models of how this stuff is done, and, that, and little cults get built around that, right? Like the climate cult gets built around the computer models, the COVID cult gets built around computer models, the, the supernatural is not real cult gets built around computer models apparently too. Again, something to think about. So the last two minutes here on tonight's show, I wanted to uh, thank you for listening to The Secret Teachings all the time always, or if you just listen on occasion, thank you. Please share the link for the live show Monday through Friday, groundzero.radio. The show then goes into the free archive. I ask you to please share that as well. That's where we make our money from, from advertisement revenue. And we've been getting additional downloads, but the revenues dropped because of this time of the year, unfortunately. So thank you for continuing to listen and download the show. It's totally free. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, not just the, the streaming link, groundzero.radio, but thesecretteachings.info. There's an RSS feed, and there's links to listen to the broadcast. Any player you want, Apple, uh, Deezer, uh, what's that one, GeoSavan, I don't know what people, there's all kinds of links to things. But Spreaker is the main one, and that's the embed player on the site, that's the RSS feed. You can also get the link directly to Spreaker, or just type in Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, the Secret Teachings, and it'll pull up our page. Everything you click there, we get 10% additional ad revenue generated. So please listen on Spreaker if you're listening to the free archive. Otherwise, uh, if you're a subscriber of the thesecretteachings.info, you know you get digital copies of my books, you get the montages, and you get early access to the show. If you're not a subscriber there, the digital playground for, for, for Aftermath, aftermath.media, Gets you access to my show, Clyde's show, on demand. That's what you're paying for, whether you're a subscriber on my site or, or Aftermath. You're paying for on-demand shows. Advertisement-free. So thank you so much for listening to the show, supporting the show. Gable at yahoo.com is the email. TSTradio at protonmail.com is the backup email. Stay safe, stay informed, have a wonderful weekend, and I will talk to you next week on The Secret Teachings.